You're listening to Man Meat Barbecue, the podcast, with your host, Mikey K. Our sponsors are Manbecue and Myron Mix and Smokers. If you don't know who Manbecue is, you better check it out. They're one of the coolest things in barbecue around. We do a meetup on the last Thursday of every single month. Let us take over your backyard. Let's see how much fun we can have. Looking for a new cooker? Look no further than the American-made Myron Mix and Smokers. Maybe you're a backyard enthusiast. Maybe you're a restaurant owner. Maybe you're looking to get into the catering game. They can accommodate it all. So make sure you go over to MyronMixAndSmokers.com and check out your next rig. And when you email them, tell them Mikey from Man Meat Barbecue sent you. So let's not waste any more time and let's get into this fucking podcast. What is up, guys? So we are heading down to... Houston, Texas. We're hanging out with Barbarian Barbecue. Uh, if you want the Instagram name, it's Barbarian underscore BBQ. Uh, so you can go follow his stuff. Go check out all his badass photographs and his beautiful food that he's doing. Um, his name is Marcus. Marcus, I want to say thank you so much for coming on the show, hanging out with us. And uh, we're about to chat some good barbecue chat. So, man, thank you so much for uh, giving us some of your time. Yeah, no problem. Uh, I've been following you for a good while, so I'm really looking forward to chatting barbecue. Man, awesome! Tell us a little bit about like tell tell me a little bit about yourself. Like, what kind of what kind of made the barbecue bug bite you? Well, um, growing like I said, growing up here in uh, in South Texas, I I come from a big family. Um, pretty much every weekend, you're gonna smell that charcoal. You're gonna smell that you know that those coals in the air whether it be my stepdad at the time or my uncles, somebody was always grilling. So I was always around it. Um, my first, my very first grilling experience, kind of kind of ashamed to say now, but it was on a propane grill. It was about when I was 11 years old. Um, my aunt at the time had, had bought some meat, and unfortunately all my uncles, all the, all the regular grilling guys were gone. So I was kind of volunteered to do it. And... Uh, I mean, it didn't suck. So from there, I, I caught like <laughs> I caught like the grilling bug, you know. Um, so I grilled for a good while, you know. I was anytime we had a family function or event, you know, I'd grill chicken or fajitas, sausage, you know, the typical stuff. You, yeah, you're uh, you're basic kind of go-to grillers. Yeah, yeah, and uh, but the smoking bug didn't hit me until 2012. Um, my wife. Uh, who was working at the time, she worked for a company uh, called National Oil Well uh, down here in Texas. And uh, she had her five-year anniversary. And so basically they gave her an option like, hey, you know, you can have this smoker or uh, I forgot, I forget what the other thing was. Uh, I think it was a gift card or something. So she basically asked me, she's like, hey, would you like a smoker? I said, yeah, bring it on. So we went with the smoker. And it turns out it was a it was a vertical water smoker. I'm sure you're familiar with those. Yep, yep. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't the 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 what's the big brand the uh, Weber. You know the Weber's got their bullet. Yeah, the the Weber Smoky Mountain. Yeah, the Smoky Mountain. It wasn't that one. It was a Brinkman. So you know it wasn't the best, but hey, it was a smoker, and I was ready to learn, wanted to learn. So I was like, yeah, bring it on. You so, know, I feel like sometimes when you start on on um, start on you know, cookers that aren't quite as amazing as what we get to in our cooking career. I feel like 
it, it really helps you because it makes you learn that struggle, right? You know what I mean? Like trying to hold that temperature, trying to make sure that everything's right. Yeah, it's I can, yeah. I guess you're right. Compared to like growing up too, my mom right off the bat, you know, when I was able to drive, I'm not getting this fancy ass car and this and that. I got you know the old school car that was passed down through the family. You start you start at the bottom, you know, work your way up because you got to learn it. So, yep. But so so I started off with that smoker, and the funny thing is, if so it's you know the water smoker. It's got the water pan in the middle. So I'm I'm all excited. I'm ready to set it up. And I go buy me uh, a rack of ribs, and it's funny too because now ribs and brisket are definitely my strong point. Uh, but the first time, <laughs> not at all. Uh, so got me a rack of ribs. You know, I I throw the coals down there, and I'm thinking, well, yeah, I can just throw logs. Of, you know, put a bunch of logs in here, start a fire, and, and go. And I see the water pan, but I'm like, no, I don't I don't think it needs it. I don't put the water pan in. I throw a shit ton of logs in there and decided to throw the ribs on. I closed the lid. I remember looking out back, the backyard, it's just pillowing, you know, that white oh, dirt. Oh, yeah. So I'm like, okay, yeah, let me let me check this. Man, I opened the lid and the flames, the grease, you know, the, the grease was dropping down, which, you know, makes the flames go up and basically charred the ribs. Uh, it was that black char. Not the good bark kind, the char. Um, but I'll tell you what, ever since that time, I committed. I said, you know what? I'm going to get this right. I'm going to learn. And so since then, man, I got on YouTube. I Googled. I watched videos. I looked up techniques and uh, got better at it, you know. Uh, put the water pan in next time. Only use a few chunks of wood this time. <laughs> You're starting to learn, <laughs> right? Yeah. So... So that was my first experience with that, and that's that's when the the smoking part of meats. I call it the art of smoking because there's definitely an art to it. Um, yeah, but that's absolutely. What, um, and then from there, I spent three years kind of toying with that smoker until I got you know my real one. And uh, there's a there's a good story behind my backyard smoker that I, I have in my backyard. Um, my dad built and his buddy built that smoker in. 1992, I believe he told me. Ooh, so uh, it has a little bit of seasoning on it, which is beautiful. Yeah, and you know what? As a, when I was growing up, my dad, you know, I've always, I'm always saw that smoker in our backyard, and it, you know, it's black, and it's, it's, I got the dimensions. Uh, it's, uh, it's pretty big. The cook chamber is 20 by, it's a 20 inch pipe. It's 20 by 33 on the, in, on the inside, and then the firebox is 18 by 24. You know, so it's, it's a good. I can fit about three, four briskets in there. Um, yeah. So that one, he told me, hey, when you get when you guys get your first house, you know, that smoke is yours. You can have it. I said, well, that's great. So me and my wife in 2015, you know, we bought our first house. A couple months later, my dad made good on his promise, and that smoker was in my backyard. And uh, from there on, that's when my skills really – because I really had now a good – a good tool uh, to work with, to learn on. And, uh, man, it just took off from there. Now, how was it transitioning to that stick burner? Because um, I think sometimes people have uh, a little bit of a tr- not, not necessarily a hard time, but it, it gets tricky when you start to, when you start to go into the, into the stick burner. 
Yeah, it, it, it did. I'll never forget the first time I fired it up. Uh, and I always do. This is something I always do. I know some guys will, will just, you know, stack their wood and put the, uh, just start burning it with, you know, the little, uh, I call the torch. Yep. But I always, I always lay a bed of coals and I get my coals, uh, nice and white. And then I build my, my wood on top. Well, that time, the very first time I did that, but I didn't put enough coals, you know, cause I'm, I guess still used to the, the old water smoker, the vertical yep. one. I didn't put much coals. I stacked maybe two logs and then, you know, wondering, okay, why is this not getting up the tent? Well, obviously you need more logs, you know, yeah. bigger pit, bigger firebox. You know, of course it's going to take a little bit longer to uh, get up the tent, you know, get her going. Uh, but once I got past that and I learned, okay, to really get her up to temp, you know, now I need, you know, a good bed of coals and about four to five sticks, you know, stacked on top and she'll get up to 250 pretty quick. And um, you also got to kind of remember when you start going into that, right? It's, it's in the stick burner realm. You want to make sure you're ignited all the time. You don't want that. You don't want those sticks smoldering. You want them. You want there to be an actual flame going the whole the whole time. Exactly, and I'm and I'm I'm pretty picky on all that. And you can, my wife can attest to that. I'm I can I always tell her those logs need to be burning. You know, because I'll look out the window and you know from the stack, if I see a little bit of you know white smoke start puffing, I got I got to go out there and you know. You got to play with it. You got to move it. You got to do this. Yeah, absolutely. It's all airflow, you know, get those logs going, get, get them some air. Oh um, yeah, absolutely. But yeah, so that's, it, it was definitely, a, I'm not going to say, oh yeah, it was easy switching right to it. No, but, uh, there, there was a learning curve, but once I got it, I mean, man, I was, I could fire that thing up and get it up to temp in, you know, 30 minutes and get her, have a brisket on her. I would say my stick burner is about 30 to 45 minutes. Now, yeah. I, I do cook on the I do cook on the mixin, and it does have a water pan in it, so it is still kind of a water cooker. Um, and I think that's what takes me a little bit longer to get to get my temp to where I really want it to be at. Is I want that water already boiling for me. I want it to get going, and it it holds. I think it holds somewhere around eight gallons, eight to nine gallons of water wow. and that takes a minute to get to get up to temperature yeah man um and i i know that we uh we cook on it in the winter which is beautiful and i love the thing and then it does take me just a little bit longer um in the winter to to really get my temp where i want it to be but that's yeah. just because i mean that's, it's cold that's <laughs> yeah I mean, you're for way up north, so I mean, yeah, of course, you're gonna have to deal with that, you know, a little more. That's little, one thing. I mean, a little different, the, right? Yeah, and Texas, I mean, it's crazy weather, man. We could be have all, all three seasons in one day. Um, but the good part is, I mean, for the like last weekend, I cooked a brisket and ribs, and it was like 65 degrees out. You know, it was perfect. Yeah, um, it being in Chicago, dude, we have all four seasons every day so <laughs> it's yeah. just it's what we do and uh being able to learn to cook in the cold it's definitely a it's definitely a, a little bit different of a trick it's definitely a little bit um a different skill set in the sense of um 
that air, the air intake is so cold. It really, you're you're going through a little bit more, um, you're going through a little bit more fuel, not because, obviously because you're you're keeping that pit at at a consistent temperature, but it's also taking so much more energy out of the fuel to, um, to make sure that it can actually produce that heat because it is, it's colder air. So it's going to take, it's going to take more energy to get air that's, you know, zero degrees to 225 than it is that air is, you know, 85 degrees to 225. It's just, obviously we got to get it. It's going to be different. I was explaining that to a buddy of mine and he's like, man, he's like, is there any way that we can, you know, is there any way we can do something to, to, you know, change that? And I'm like, not really, unless you put a heater in front of it, you know what I mean? And then you're just wasting the heater. So it doesn't matter. Um, it's always, it's just that air temperature has to get, you know, has to get brought up. Yeah. And that's, that's, I never, you're right. I never, I mean, cause you know, I follow other people that cooking up, up North and stuff and yeah, you're right. I never really thought about that part that the air that you guys are intaking, it's pretty cold. So yeah, yeah you got to kind of come for all that. And then opening, if you open and close your pit, um, the rebound time is going to be a little bit different. Um, I will say that, uh, the Mixon has beautiful rebound time. Uh, that is one thing that I love about that pit is the rebound time is just it it's out of this world. You got to think about it. You're keeping you're keeping a t- like basically a tub of water boiling at two twenty five or two uh, two twelve right there the entire time. So you open those doors, you put anything into it, you close them up. I mean that water is steaming up already to kind of rebound your temperature right away, which is really yeah. nice. And I'm sure you guys down down in Texas, you guys don't really have to worry about too much about, um, you know, insulated cookers. Uh, not too much. I mean, I know I, I know some guys. Uh, of course, the insulating cookers are good because uh, you you'll burn less fuel, obviously. Of course. But as far as for the, for the outside elements, I mean, no, not so much. Um, a little further up north, like North Texas, Dallas. Uh, yeah, it gets a little colder, and they got they got kind of got to deal with that more. Um, but down here, I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty good. I mean, we'll get, we get rain a lot here and there, especially in the springtime. Um, but as long as my firebox is somewhat covered, I mean, I could, uh, especially on my trailer pit I have now, she can, she, even she, she'll push through that. He'll push through that. I think that that's a big thing is if you, if you're, um, rain, rain is hell, man. Cause yeah. that water starts to hit and you're just, it, it just cools shit down immediately. Yeah. Luckily of all, you know, of all my cooks I've done, I've only had to cook in one bad, bad rain, like where it was like, Oh yeah, this is, this is bad. Um, but that one, it's one of those quick rain showers that kind of 10, 15, 20 minutes pouring down and then it kind of passes through. Oh man. I've cooked, I, I don't know. I think I've cooked in everything. I really have yeah, yeah, like, but, man, I've cooked in rain. I've cooked in pouring rain. I've cooked in snow. I've cooked in ice storms, uh, negative degree temperatures. Um, shit. I've pretty much cooked in yeah, everything. Yeah, but that's good. Like good repertoire. Be like, yeah, you know, the elements don't matter. You know, we're we're gonna we got something to cook. We'll do it. Exactly, and I mean, then you gotta. The only the only thing you gotta really keep in mind is you gotta be mindful of your elements and where you're at. Um, 
because it, it definitely you're going to cook differently when it's 120 degrees outside versus, like I said, when it's negative degrees outside. You're going to throw a couple more sticks in when it's uh, when it's zero degrees outside, and then when you when you're when you're running you know 90 degrees already outside, you don't need as much fuel. You can back off exactly. a little bit. You can really exactly, back yeah. off on that and and make sure that your your tempest is staying nice and nice and two fifty. I, I like being at two fifty two seventy five now um, with that mix, and I, I usually like to be lower on that on that spectrum or on the two twenty or two fifty. But um, I will say she likes to creep up a little bit. That pit just likes yeah. it likes to cook a little hotter. Yeah, 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 and that's that's too as knowing. Knowing your your pit, your cooker, uh, yeah, the same thing. The transition from each cooker, you know, I've I've cooked on or have. Um, it's they're always a learning curve, you know. But once you get it, it's like riding a bike. You know, now you know it. You know how it tweaks. You know, you know how they run and this and that. I mean, I think the craziest part is like I cook. I also cook on big green eggs. A buddy of mine's got a big, you know, a, bu- a bunch of buddies of mine got big green eggs, and we can literally set our eggs up exactly the same. And one wants to sit at two twenty five, one wants to sit at two fifty. <laughs> and it's just like that's where the egg likes to sit. You know what I mean? Like getting to know your cooker, get and don't fight it. Because sometimes yeah. fighting to get to two twenty five is worse than just sitting at two fifty. Yeah. You know, all the extra fuel you'll probably use and you might as well just cruise there. Yeah. I mean just cruise on it and let it let it, you know, let it hang out. It's not yeah. going to do anything. Exactly. But so, yeah. And then, like I said, so that's how the smoking bug kind of hit me. Um, and then I work, this is not, you know, my main gig. Uh, I want to make it my main gig. You know, there's, there's of course a, a plan, uh, but it's going to take time, obviously, like anything. Of course. Um, and it always I, takes longer than you think. Always. Oh yeah. Yeah. And luckily, you know, I got my wife and my kids, they're, they're great support and you know, they're behind me. So that helps. Uh, but see what's, what makes it hard for me right now. I mean, I love barbecuing. I love selling it. I love everything about it. Uh, I work in the down here too. Another big thing, oil and gas industry. I've been in that industry for about 12 years now. Yep. And, uh, it's been good. Um, you know, but it's long hours. I average 56 to 62 hours weekly and then still, you know, try to come on the weekends and, and sell plates and, you know, try to try to get events to cater or looking out for, for festivals that I can, you know, post up at. Um, so it's, 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 uh, it gets kind of tough struggling, uh, juggling both, but I mean, it's at the end, I know, I know that's what I want to do. I know that's what I want to, you know, do for my family and for us. So, I mean, we'll see. So where do you see that kind of going? Do you see it being a restaurant? Do you see it being a catering gig the whole time? What do you uh Well, I think I think my ultimate end goal is is, you know, a brick and mortar. Um I know that's obviously years out and we got to take the steps, but and like it's another thing that we do cuz see, you got your barbecue guys, they've got okay, they got the brick and mortar, then you got the guys that they do pop-ups. And you got the guys that they do caterings and this and that. We're kind of like what, how we kind of, I guess, got on the map is cooking a lot for for our community and within our community. Um, there's an app called Next Door. Um, so 
it originally started actually we did a garage sale and i was like you know what let me let me cook a brisket maybe i can sell a brisket at a garage sale so <laughs> yeah. only in texas exactly yeah <laughs> and uh so i think one time we did it and uh it was you know eight nine in the morning you know so it was kind of hard but then my wife had a genius idea she said hey why don't you give like samples like you know a little you know burnt ends of the brisket yeah hey, you know? so i was like right so man from then on i mean there would be people that came in you know to look around the garage sale and that's what they were there for and they wind up leaving with two or three pounds of brisket just off that one bite um so i was like man we may have something here so that's how we got known within the community and then from there we got um we got a wedding uh, in 2017, November, a buddy of mine had contacted me. And so that was our first, like, official catering event. It was a wedding. And uh, we did good, man. We did, uh, I believe it was three briskets, about 15 racks of ribs, uh, about 50 people, I believe. Um, but it was perfect, perfect for the first, like, gig. Not too many people. Just a small kind of, you know, even the wedding itself, they weren't making a huge deal, um, but they wanted food obviously so it was the perfect like starter gig i guess so now what what were your nerves going into that what what were you kind of nervous about um timing for sure man I, it was definitely timing um because um just in, in in the way i cook briskets it's man it's between trim time prep time you're looking at minimum 12 hours with everything um so it's like man I believe he wanted to start eating, serving at around 6 p.m. And so I remember getting there like at 5, 5.30 in the morning. So, and, you know, getting the food on, firing the pit up. Uh, so, but that day I was definitely nervous about time um, for the briskets because, you know, sometimes they hit a stall and some will take a little bit longer and some kind of push through it a little quicker. It's just, you know, what it is. And you don't, yeah. I mean, each, each, each brisket is, is its own little, own little animal. Obviously they all come from different animals and it, it definitely, um, it definitely can be difficult in that sense. Uh, when you're trying to hit an exact time to pull, sometimes that's the nerve. You know what I mean? It's like, is it going to hit a stall? Yeah. Is it going to push through the stall? Is it not? Exactly. And since, since then I have learned other you know little techniques to kind of help it push through and help it, you know, if, if I feel I'm in a bind, I can, I'll be able to kind of tell, you know, hours before, and then I can kind of do things to help it kind of speed up, move the process along. Kind but of that day, take the temperature up just a little bit. Um, yeah. Or you can that, wrap. Wrap. I'll move them around. I, I will wrap, but uh, before I wrap, I'm always looking for a certain color. Yep. Um, and sometimes I can get it in seven hours, sometimes eight. Uh, but I have a rule. It's always, no matter what, it's got to get minimum six hours smoke. I mean, that's just me. Uh, okay. I know some people might say, no, this and that. But, you know, that's just for my style and what I, how I like my, you know, our barbecue to be. Um, minimum six hours. And then from there, we'll be like, we'll move them, we'll turn them, we'll rotate them. Need be, we'll wrap them. Um, it, it's all based on visual. A lot of it is visual for me, too, now. Yeah. Um, how is this brisket looking? How is it doing? Kind of touch it, poke at it. Okay, maybe I need to flip him this way or that way. 
feel it um, out, see if it see if it's see if it's tight. If it's not, if it's if it's giving if it's kind of giving you that nice feel, that bend to it. I mean, there's so many exactly. things um, that go into cooking. You know, cooking barbecue in general. Um, I think the only thing you're really, I think the only kind of exception to that rule, guys, I would say would be my pork shoulders. Um, I just, I, I don't know. I, I just cruise on those. Uh, I, it, it's, you know, pork shoulders, they're such a beautiful cut in the sense yeah. that they are so forgiving. You, yeah, I was going to say, you can't, you almost can't mess them up. And I'll, I'm, I agree with you 100%. Pork shoulders, I'm definitely... Pork is probably starting. I know Texas king is uh, beef is king, but I mean pork starting to make a pretty good run down here. And uh, do you think it's a uh, price point thing? Uh, and the fact that also, uh, man, here in the the Houston barbecue scene, I mean it is just exploding, man. I mean it feels like there's there's a new restaurant, or you know some of these guys that I've been following for a while, all of a sudden they got their own restaurant. So it's it's really booming down here. So I think people are just trying to uh, trying to uh, expand and do you know offer different things. Um, I went to uh, I'm sure you heard of them Revel Barbecue. Yeah, uh, they're in Magnolia. I went. They had a whole hog event. Uh, I know it was last year. I want to say September Octoberish. Okay. Uh, but yeah, man, really good whole hog and. The guy I was talking to about it, he was saying that, you know, that was his, one of his first times doing it and that they want to continue doing it because it's not really a staple, you know, here in Texas, but they want to try to offer things that, you know, not, of course, they have their brisket and all that, but they want to try to expand and offer different, different things, which I like. Well, and I mean, like you I, said, I think people are, are broadening their food horizons, right? Mm hmm. Yes. They're, they're on Instagram. And the reason I bring up Instagram is Instagram is a really powerful tool for food because people are visual and they eat with their eyes. So, um, you know, so many people are on Instagram looking at different foods, looking at different things, and they want to try them. And, you know, they're going to start looking towards those pit masters being like, man, you cook barbecue. Why aren't you cooking this stuff? You know what I mean? And it's that's what takes off. You'd be good at it, you know. It's just, and you know what? It's it's, and it could be a price thing too, because uh, a couple weeks here, uh, maybe like last week, two weeks ago, at our there's a big local grocery chain called H E B, and they had a they actually had their pork pork shoulders on sale, uh, like ninety seven cents a pound. So I mean, you could go in there man, and get. Yeah, I love those days. Yeah, man. I mean, I, and I have a big freezer that I bought last year, so anytime anything like that goes on sale, even if it's limited too, man, me and my wife and family. will We'll go in one, grab our max, and go to another one, grab our max. We might go back in the other one. Do they so, actually enforce? You know what? At, we went to one Kroger, and they did. <laughs> well, we had got away with it, I think, like twice there. But then the third time, like, they kind of noticed, and they're like, hey, uh, you can't buy no more. Okay, because some places don't enforce. I know up here, like, they will and they won't. You know what I mean? It just depends on, like, the cashier. Exactly, yeah. And if that person actually cares. Um, yeah, at the end, I think that's pretty much what it is. Because <laughs> we, uh, we had shoulders on sales for 99 cents, and that, that happens every once in a while. Um, you know, shoulders will be on sale for 99 cents a pound. And, I mean, like, I think I went in and bought, like, seven of them. Yeah. And they were like, 
you know, it's a limit too. And I'm like, who's going to come in and buy it? And they're like, <laughs> you know what? Okay. Thank you. And they just, they, they, they were just like, you know what? Yeah, whatever. We'll just let you have it. Right. So, yeah. And so I'm, I'm, I'm really starting to like shoulders, like you said, because I mean, they're forgiving. You really can just throw them on there and let them go. And uh, one thing I like about them too, we know if I cook them like on a Sunday, I cook one on a Sunday, for the most part, we know we have dinner and lunch for Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, you know, oh, yeah. the next week. And we, we mix it up so many different ways. Uh, my wife makes some great uh, homemade uh, flour tortillas. So we'll slap one in there with some green sauce and stuff or make a, a pulled pork sandwich or nachos. or. Listen, so, yeah, it's, it's definitely definitely when, a versatile kind of stuff. When all else fails, grab some tortillas and you will be good, man. <laughs> yeah. we, were, we were actually hanging out the other night and um, – it was me, a buddy of mine, and my wife, and we were trying to figure out what we were going to have for dinner, and he's like, man, what do you have in the refrigerator? I'm like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. Let's 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 start, you know, like, let's start looking. So we're looking through stuff, and he's like, okay. He's like, why don't we just do fajitas? And I'm like, yeah, that sounds great. Let's do fajitas. Like, it's just, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, the tortilla is yeah. such a beautiful um, uh, vessel. I'll, I'll call it that. You know what I mean? It just it, it lends itself to so many different meals. Exactly. Yes. It's I such mean, a beautiful yeah. vessel. You can put almost anything into it. Yeah, pretty much anything. Just stuff it in between <clears throat> a flour and tortilla, and yeah, you're good. You got a meal. And it, I mean, if your wife's making them homemade, you man, it's hard oh. to beat a good homemade tortilla. Like, yeah, that's, like, I, really hard to beat. Yeah, and you know, the, the great thing about that is, uh, so, I believe it's not this past Christmas, but the Christmas before, her mom, my mother-in-law, had bought uh, bought us a KitchenAid mixer. Okay, so we had that. Oh, so man. we had that. And so then, my mom, I remember going up, my mom used to make, you know, homemade uh, tortillas at home, too. So, I remember she always had this press. Uh, it's this press, you plug it in, it gets yep. kind of hot. Uh, and you press tortillas on it. And I remember she always had that. So I, I called my mom up or I went to her house and it came up. I was like, hey, mom, you know, where's that? Where's that press that you used to have? Oh, it's right here. And she, I was like, well, do you use it? Are you? No, I haven't used that thing in years. So I was like, well, hey. Uh, you want to repurpose it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're kind of trying to trying to figure out this whole tortilla thing. You think we can borrow it? She's like, y'all guys can have it. You know, you know, take it. You know, it's not getting no use here. And so, man, between that KitchenAid and, and that press, I mean, my wife can crank out good homemade tortillas, I mean, quick. That's so awesome. It, yeah, it, it was a game changer. <laughs> See, that that's awesome. See, I can't make homemade tortillas, so um, I unfortunately get store-bought. Uh, I'm sure I could <laughs> if, I, if I started to figure out how to make them. Uh, I, I'm just not – I'm not good at baking. And I feel like tortillas yeah. that, – that's – Part of it's baking. I'm good at making food. Um, bad at baking because you have to really portion shit. You know what I mean? Like when they say yeah. like one cup, they mean one cup. <laughs> yeah, because I think uh, I mess around and try to make that tortilla batch one time and I mess it up. And it's like, yeah, I, I put something a little off. And so, yeah, you're right. It does need to be pretty, pretty consistent in, in what they say. But, yeah, no, like- my wife's got it down now. 
see, like, at least, like, with barbecue, like, when they mean, like, 225, 250, and you're like, okay, cool, I'm at, like, 240, yeah. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean, like, we're, we're in the rat, we're in that <laughs> range, like, we're doing good, you know what I mean, and then exactly. it's like, some people are like, oh, you gotta trim the pork butt, I, I personally don't trim mine at all, I don't you know think you yeah. have to, um, I never only I will if there's, you know, how sometimes you'll get a piece and it's got like a piece like hanging or something, like a small piece okay, hanging. Okay, yeah. I'll whip that right off. Uh, but no, I'm with you. I I never trim pork butt. Because uh, if anything, you want it, what little, that fat, that fat cap it does have on top. Exactly. If anything, you, you want to keep that because, I mean, that's, man, that's, once you render a lot of that down, that's all your liquid gold right there. Exactly. It's all your flavor. Yep. And then when you pull it, that fat starts to kind of mix in with everything else. And then it, you get a little bit of that fat. So you get that pop of flavor in your mouth when you're eating, man, don't get rid of it. Come on. Yes. <laughs> I know guys yep. that cut it completely off though. They're really? like, Oh, I just, I just trim it completely off. I'm like, why? They're like you don't really yeah. need it. No, I understand you don't need it, but I like it. <laughs> and yeah, no, it definitely, it definitely helps. Um, but yeah, I'm with you. I, I never, uh, brisket, I will, of course, give them a nice trim job. Uh, just like the typical standard quarter inch fat, uh, remove that big hard piece on top. Yep. Uh, but uh, so yeah, there's definitely trimming on brisket. But no, a pork shoulder is usually pretty simple. The sad thing about trimming a brisket is you just watch money, like you cut yeah. money off. That's what I always tell my wife. Is like, man, I'm literally you know cutting yeah. off. You're like, here's two dollars. Yep. Here's yep. here's another fifty cents. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it, but it, it is what it is, though. What can you do? Like, especially like that hard, that hard grisly fat. I mean, some. I mean, you can't eat that. That that's yeah, it's, it's just not edible. Yeah, and it's it's never gonna render down, you know. Yeah. So I mean, it's like you might as well get rid. of If anything, it'll probably slow your cook times down. Well, I mean, yeah, I would imagine that it would slow your cook time down because it has to penetrate through that. Also, your um, none of your seasoning is gonna go through it. You know what I mean? yeah. So it it's just kind of you're gonna cut it off on the you're gonna cut it off on the cutting board later and throw it away. So Absolutely. you might as well just cut it off in the beginning. Uh, yeah. And then I mean, obviously you trim your ribs just a little bit, pull pull the uh, backing off. Those are simple. Um, how how are ribs coming down there? People kind of getting into ribs down there. Yeah, you know, um, I, you see pork ribs a lot down here. I mean, I think. Uh, for us, uh, on our meats, I mean, we get a lot of great feedback from our ribs. I mean, uh, we've it's we've been told multiple times, like, you know, man, these are really good ribs, best we ever had. Um, and I tell people, hey, give me honest opinion, you know, because I can never get better. Even my family, you know, I, honest feedback because, you know, I can't improve and get better if I don't know something's wrong, you know. So Exactly. But no, yeah, yeah we've been, no, we've been told, like, like our ribs are, are really good and, and it's, and that's funny. That's why I told you a story at the beginning of how my first rack went to you were, shit. Basically. You were really good on your first rack of ribs, bro. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I, I, I like that story because it always kind of humbles me and remembers me. Hey, you know, I remember I burnt the hell out of that first rack. So, you know, to, to hear compliments like that, you know, now it's like I come a long way. Um, but, I mean, I, I think it's in general how many t- I mean, you'll, you'll have an off day of barbecue, right? It, it does happen. It really yeah, does. Like, like where you're just like, you know what? I wasn't on my game today. Just something didn't come through properly. 
Yeah, and a lot of it, I, do, I think I just put a post about it uh, this past weekend about a lot of it is this, uh, like the first slice into a brisket, I can almost tell, like, okay, this this is going to be a good one or, man, this maybe needed a little more time or this maybe needed this or that. But because that's of either time constraints. Yeah, or, that's the worst feeling in the world, though. I won't lie. When yeah. you slice into that brisket and you're like, oh. Yeah, it's like it's so like, like deflating, you know what I mean? You're like that one. Didn't yeah, come that's out. What I, you know what people a lot of times will ask me like my opinion on on other people's barbecue and this and that. And I I tell them, look, I try not to. I know the work that goes into barbecue. I mean, yes, some people really really do put their heart and soul and love into it, and there are you know your your back weekend grillers and smokers. Um, but I try not to talk down or hate on anybody's because I mean either way backyard griller season pit master whatever i mean it's work you know so well i always say that i always say the thing um when people are like man you know what do you think of this or what do you think of that i mean it depends Uh, are we talking what do i think of it for what it is or what do i think of it as if it was one single brisket and that's all he had to cook or if it was one single rack of ribs and that was all they had to cook um and you know that that's the biggest thing and it's like um what time is it during the day are we sitting here uh eating ribs at six in the afternoon and the place opens at 11 yeah <laughs> like no you know what i mean but it's a, it, like it's being honest at that point how long have yeah. those ribs been hanging out been sitting I mean, there they may be a delicious they may be delicious ribs for sitting in a, in a you know a hot box for six hours. Yeah, and see that's what that's what I like about 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 barbecue. And some people still don't quite understand about the whole uh, you know cook until sold out or open from this time until sold out because uh, it's like well at least you know you're getting for the most part fresh you know fresh fresh meat fresh sides and you know it, it's whatever's there whatever they cook whatever they have the you know, the room for it. I mean, that's what's available that day. And after that, I mean, it's, it is what it is. And I mean, we do, we do pop-up events, we do stuff like that. And then we do catering. So Mm -hmm. we do like at pop-up events. I mean, we cook till we're sold out in the set. Like we, we serve till we're sold out. And we were just at one of our events and they were like, Oh, the guy's like, I want ribs. And I'm like, our ribs are sold out. And he's like, you sold out (laughs) of ribs already. Like, how can you do that? Well, because we only serve for about two to three hours at pop-ups, depending on the pop-up that it is. And he's like, well, why are they sold out? And it's like, man, because I only cooked so many ribs. Exactly, yeah. So he's like, they don't understand the concept. Like, well, I can only fit this many plus, you know, everything else I got to do. Yeah. And, And then the other thing was I had one guy come up and order four racks. Damn. He literally, like, he, so this, this this is the funny story. Like, not funny, but it's, it's a fantastic story. So he walks up, and he's like, man, he's like, he's like, what do you like better? He's like, and he, like, looks at me. He's like, do you like your ribs better, or do you like your pulled pork better? I'm like, I think they're both really good. I'm like, but it just depends on what you're in the mood for. Are you in the mood for pulled pork, or are you in the mood for ribs? And, yes, they're both coming off the hog. They're both coming off of a pig, so they're both pork products, and they're going to have pretty similar tastes. But... You know what it's like when you want ribs. A pulled exactly. pork sandwich is not going to it's satisfy not, that. 
Exactly. It's, <laughs> it's not going to satisfy that rib want or need. Exactly, yeah. So when you're like, oh, I want ribs, he's like, yeah, you know what? I want ribs. He's like, I'm like, I'm like, how much do you want? We were selling them at three bones and six bones at the pop-up. And he's like, man, I want, he's like, let me do, he's like, let me do the three bones just to make, he's like, I'm going to do the three bones just so I get my, my rib fill and whatever and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, cool. No problem, dude. And hooked him up with that plate. He comes back like 20 minutes later and I'm, he's like, Hey man, he's like, I just want to talk to you. And I'm like, okay, great. I'm like, either he hated the ribs and they were fucking horrible uh, for him. Or whatever. He's like, man, he's like, those ribs were so bad. I'm going to need two more double six, six rack, six, uh, rib orders. And I'm like, wait, what'd you just say? He's like, yeah. He's like, they were just so bad. He's like, I really need, I need some more. And I'm like, I just started laughing. I'm like, no problem, dude. We got you. So he came back and ordered like, you know, like three full slabs. Man. Yeah. I'm like, okay, cool. Here you go. <laughs> Man. And you never know like when that's gonna happen. Like you can't say anything. I mean we did a pop up we did a pop up on New Year's Eve where I swear to God this dude ate eighty dollars worth of barbecue. Man. You like he was <laughs> like, I'm gonna have that. Let me get two orders. He's like, Let me get an order of this. He got an order of our pulled pork and I was like, Cool, here's your you know, here's your pulled pork, whatever. Ate Ooh. the pulled pork. But he was like, he was kind of eating it at a table, like really, really close to us. And he was eating really slow. And I was like, man, either he hates it or like, he's just a really slow eater. And then he's like, hey, I want another order of the pulled chicken. I want an order of the pulled pork again. And just came up and ordered like all this stuff. And I was like, uh, okay. And then like right before he's like, let me know when you guys are leaving for the night. I'm like, cool. I'm like, oh, dude, we're almost done. We're, we're wrapping it up. He's like, awesome he's like i want another order of everything and i was like he's like <laughs> to go. go and i'm like <laughs> oh okay like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it, you know what i mean like it's just crazy when you're like you want what and he's like yeah everything <laughs> like the whole menu <laughs> and yeah and we did uh in december of 2017 um we kind of had a we kind of got a, a regular friday gig um, at a local bar down the road from us, uh, I saw they put a post on this site that basically they were, they were looking for somebody to come in and cook, you know, on Friday nights. And yeah. so I contacted them and I said, Hey, you know, I, I barbecue and I live, you know, two miles up the road here. Oh yeah. You know, Friday's our most busiest night. So that's when we think you'll be successful. Okay. So I get a menu together. And at this time too, at my regular job in 2017, we're, we were a little slow. Uh, see, right now we're working pretty much every Saturday, but at that time we weren't. So I could go out, you know, Friday night and set up and sell and come home at two in the morning and be okay. Um, and so I remember the first gig. So, and those were kind of rough days, but, but fun days. Cause I would, I would wake up for work at five in the morning. I go, I go in at six, work from six to four thirty, four thirty, get off, go pick up my trailer, uh, be, set up at the, uh, at the bar by five 30, well, you know, lighting the fires and everything. Yep, yep. And, uh, so the first day was kind of rough man, because I wanted to bring what we're mostly known for, uh, and what I'm definitely comfortable and I, we're good at is our brisket and, and ribs. Uh, so I wanted to cook that, you know, I knew it was, well, 
it wasn't brisket that time. It was ribs. I think it was ribs, and uh, I think we had chicken, leg quarters, and then our sides, beans, and mac and cheese. Um, but I, I knew it was going to be kind of a struggle, man, because usually I cook my ribs for about four or five hours. Uh, so I was like, man, I'm going to get there at 5.30, and, you know, you know, at a bar, they're going to be hungry. Eight, nine o'clock, they're going to smell, and they're going to be, you know, coming up to me. Hey, when's the barbecue ready, this and that. But uh, I remember that Friday, you know, I went up there, uh, started the pit. And, man, I the first time I ever cooked ribs hot and fast, um, and I was nervous. I was nervous because I didn't, you know, it wasn't my normal, I guess, routine of how I, you know, process how I do ribs. Yeah. Um, but people I knew were going to be waiting, and I was halfway into the cook, and already, you know, people, hey, you know, when's it going to be ready, this and that. So I'm sitting there trying to, you know, hot and fast, hot and fast. Um, and I wrap them, I wrap them after about two and a half hours, maybe crank that heat up, man, throw them back in there, maybe another 45 minutes. And I always go off, I'll pick up the, I'll pick up the pack of ribs and in yep. the middle, I'll kind of move it around and see, see you how know, it's you bending, can, how it's feeling. Yeah, exactly. Not where that bone's going to just slide on out, but where it's still kind of, and I was like, man, sure enough, they're there. I was like, all right, well, let me kind of open them, let them rest for about, you know, 20, 25 minutes. And then let's roll. So at that point, I mean, people were already, they were buzzed. They were hungry. I started to get, you know, a line going. And so luckily, you know, I cut in that first rib. I'm like, oh, man, it's, it's a good one. You know, we did good. And uh, from there, I mean, that night, it took off, man. Uh, we did really good that night. Sold out. Uh, the next Friday went back. I believe we sold out again the next Friday. And I brought brisket that Friday. Um <clears throat> But after that, it was kind of hit or miss because then we were getting into like uh, Christmas, you know, yep. the end of December. So the last two times we were there, yeah, it didn't go good at all, man. We maybe definitely didn't make profit. Um, plus, the bar was kind of kind of a hole in the wall, kind of, you know, you got to – if you're driving fast, I mean, you're going to pass it, you know. There wasn't much advertisement going, so I was like, you know what, let's – Let's go ahead and back out of this and see if we can find another, you know, spot. Um, and then from there, we we did a uh, we did a catering event. I got called uh, last year in uh, June as a graduation party. This was going to be our biggest event. Uh, he was estimated 300 people, and so I was like, man, this is, you know, what are you looking for? And we talked it out, we chatted it out, and he that was I cooked 24 briskets for him. 24 briskets, <clears throat> I believe 80 pounds of chicken Ooh. and about 50 pounds of sausage. And this, I cooked all this, only me and my wife, uh, no help. But, uh, I mean, we pulled it off. I had to take that Friday off because it was on a Saturday, the event. I took that Friday off. I got all the briskets on that. I had to use my big smoker, the one on the trailer. It's a 500-gallon uh, propane tank. Yep, that's a, uh, that's a big big baby yeah and and that one i'll tell you the story about that one after this that one uh that one it fit like i want to say like 18 so i still had like four five briskets like on 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 my counter like man you know so and then my backyard smoker i was able to fit i think another three or four so i was able to get i still had like one two briskets that i just i couldn't fit man and i was getting nervous but I was like, all right, well, 
you know, three, four hours into the cook, you know, the meat will start shrinking a little bit. So I was like, you know, I'll wait for then and maybe I can move some things around and this and that. And about four hours in, I was able to squeeze one more in and I still had the one, <clears throat> the one left over. And then, uh, my other smoker where the three were in that one, those all kind of shrunk a little bit where I was barely enough to squeeze, you know, that last one in there. Um, but that one, that was, I was really proud of us for that one. Cause I mean, that, that pushed our capacity, uh, from there. And I knew like, okay, this, this is our max. And probably we shouldn't accept a 300 again. Uh, because I mean, it was luckily everything came out great. Um, but it was definitely time consuming, nerve wracking, um, a lot of stuff, but I mean, you learn from that. We learned a lot from it. Uh, my wife, we sat down kind of after him like, Hey, this is what was good. This is what we can improve on, you know, and that, that's with everything, you know, I always try to get better and, and learn, you know, based on past experiences. Hey, I mean, each cook makes you a little bit stronger. You know what I mean? Uh, you learn a couple tricks here. You learn a couple tricks there. You, um, I, I think it, I think one of the hardest things for most people is just kind of going for it. And one of the tips that I got from, um, from a buddy of mine that does catering, he goes, you always just say yes. You know, mm. he's like, when somebody's like, can you do this? Yes. He's like, even if you don't know, he's like, your answer is always yes. He's like, and no matter how terrified you are of saying yes, he's like, you say yes. And then, um, then you figure it out. <laughs> you know what I mean? When, when the client's not in front of you and not seeing you fucking freaking yeah. out, then you out fi- that's when you figure it out. That's when you're like, okay, cool. Yeah. How the fuck do I do this? Yeah. And, that, and that's, and the funny thing about that, that, that gig, that catering, the, the daughter, you know, it was, it was his daughter's uh, graduation party. The daughter was vegetarian. <laughs> so, yeah, I thought that was kind of weird. But I was like, man, you know, you're doing all this and your daughter doesn't even, you know, she's vegetarian. So he, he asked for a separate, she was vegetarian, not vegan. So she asked, he asked for a special uh, side dish. Uh, he wanted salmon. Okay. So I was like, oh, you know, I could do salmon. You know, I've done the whole cedar plank salmon. Uh, yeah. It comes out good. So I was like, how about this? You know, because it's, it's your daughter's day and obviously you're, you know, putting a lot into this. So come over one, I think it was like a month or a couple weeks before the event. I was like, come over, let's do a taste test on different, you know, different profiles of that salmon and kind of see which one she might like. So I bought like a a piece of salmon. I cut it in three and uh, different flavor profiles. One, I think it was like a Korean style, uh, like Korean marinade. Uh, The other was just like a a lemon pepper type with lemon, uh, uh, dill and all that. And the other one, I can't remember how I made the other one might've been butter garlic. Um, but anyways, long story short, they came out, I believe they went with the Korean one and then, oh man, I'll never forget. So one of the stipulations was it was going to be at a hall. You couldn't cook anything at the hall, even though they had an oven there, like you couldn't cook anything there. So, you know, the day before and day, the day before all the brisket was cooked, the day of, all the chicken and sausage was cooked. So, I mean, that's a lot of meat. So, um, of course, that was my main focus, and my wife was doing all the sides. I complete. I had the salmon, man. 
but I completely forget to, to like put it on. And, uh, so we get to the place. And I'm like, man, how are we going to do this? So luckily we were able to, I brought my cedar plank and we were able to put it in the oven there, you know, kind of on the low and, yeah. and get it. Out. But, uh, yeah, that was, I mean, that was, that was nerve wracking. Cause I remember being there like, holy crap, like we didn't do the salmon, you know? Um, but we got we got through that, and at the end everything was good, and you know it all worked out. Hey, but, it usually but, does, right, man? Uh, we it, freak out over the over the littlest things, and it, it it's just the it's us being cooks in general, um, just freaking out over little things and making sure that you want everything to be perfect. And I know it's 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 my crazy obsession to make sure that everything's perfect. So I, I do unfortunately freak out because it, it's just what I do. Yeah. And I'm I'm kind of I'm my own worst enemy. I'm hard on myself. Oh, absolutely, uh, me too. Yeah, it's uh, you know I'll have people, man, like, no, it's good. Like, what do you mean? I'm like, yeah, but you know, <laughs> yeah, but it could have been better. It could have yeah. been just a little bit better. And and I think I think that's what keeps us going, and that's what keeps the passion going there, and that's what always keeps you trying to make it better. Yeah, no, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Yeah, because I mean, if I guess if you ever get completely satisfied is like well what's next you know oh yeah once you're completely satisfied then it's like what do you mean you're satisfied yeah but that's the great thing about barbecue man like it's it's, um always so much to learn i mean yeah i I think i feel you know i know our brisket and ribs are are legit um but of course there's always room i want to learn to expand eventually i want to learn how to do a whole hog you know I want to whole do, hog's uh, fun, dude. Whole hog is definitely fun to cook. Oh, I definitely want to do one. Um, how do you cook? How do you cook yours? Do um, you do so, what was that? Do you, do you throw it in the, the smoker or you do the whole coals? Uh, we do it in the smoker. Oh, okay. So we we do it in the smoker. Um, now, if you want to go in old the old school kind of way over coals and stuff like that, um, I've I've actually never gotten to do one of those. Personally, I've watched them get done. I've just never been the man behind it. Yeah. Uh, but man, it is—it's a Something beast up. when when you're doing it over coals. Don't get me wrong. That's a that's a whole nother that's another another beast because you got to make sure that you are you really are paying attention a lot. And then that comes comes down to that big fire management management skill into the sense yeah, of. Am I gonna pull you know pull this over here so that so I don't have too you know the heat doesn't go too crazy on me? Yeah, yeah. So how long how long does uh does it typically take you to smoke one? Um, depending on the size of the hog, um, I don't like doing crazy big hogs. I'm usually mm-hmm. in the vicinity of about a hundred and twenty five to a hundred and fifty pound hog, and if if we're doing that. Uh, we're roughly looking at about 10 to 12 hours. Oh, okay. So that, that's about where we're at for that. We, you know, we'll be at 10 to 12 hours. Um, and we're cooking about 250 to 75. Okay. And then we, we have used the, uh, I do have a, um, a La Cachina, which is, which is basically a China box. Um, yeah. And that those things, are, yeah, just a roaster. And you know those things are pretty badass too. If if you're not looking for um, a ton of smoke flavor, 
Mm-hmm. You just want that good, you know, kind of presentation, kind of fun for it. Yeah. Um, they're a lot of fun, especially um, if you get a, you know, we did it, we do it for like family parties. We'll do it for a couple other parties. Um, and then you're looking at about four hours and it's super oh. fast, but you're also cooking at about 400 degrees on those. Yeah, yeah, I would imagine you're cooking a little hotter. Because yeah, the coals go right on top, right, of that, uh, that exactly. roasting box? Yeah, they go right on top, and you're probably cooking, I, I would say, right around probably 400 degrees. If they, I, that, That'd be my best guess, because there no, there's no um, thermometer on it. So my best yeah, guess would be it's right around 400 degrees. Yeah. And you and, know, um, about, the, about that roasting box, uh, another funny thing, my... Um, my stepdad, my then stepdad at the time, um, he was he, he was a griller, a cooker too. I mean, he was uh, he actually it wasn't a cajachina, but it was another style like roasting that. pot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I remember when I was little growing up, he would always make, and I make it too now. Uh, just it's based off what I learned from him. Um, it's basically we call it cilantro chicken. Uh, is basically what he would do. Uh, you get a you know, late quarter, we usually do late quarters, you know, season them up. Yep. Uh, we throw cilantro, lime, jalapenos, uh, salt, pepper, your seasonings, whatever. And then you just wrap it real tight and then you put it in that roasting box and man, an hour it's done. I mean, and you open that foil and I mean, that chicken is just falling off and and the flavor from that cilantro and the lime and everything, man, it's, 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 well, it's a definitely a family favorite here at the house. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, it, yeah, I think it's probably a big thing that you definitely remember it, too. You know what I mean? I think that's a big part of cooking is yeah. that you remember it, – it brings you back to, you know, to, to when, you know, they used to cook it for you and all that stuff. And that, exactly. that's, what makes, that's what makes cooking so powerful and so much fun. Yeah, and I think that's, you know, overall, that's how the bug is in me because it's like – you know, like I said, came from a big family. Yep. Um, you're always, I mean, with all the uncles and, you know, everybody around, I mean, you're going to smell that, that, that charcoal or smoke or whatever every weekend. You know, you're going to smell it in the air as kids, you know, running around with my cousins and this and that. We, you would just smell it. You know, that's, that was a typical weekend. Yeah. Um, and that's, I guess, where the bug caught me. And then just as growing older, you know, kind of stepping into that, Okay, well, I'm, I'll I'll cook the food now, and you know I'll 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 do this for the family or that, and uh, even now, um, I'll put orders out or whatever. Like I said, we don't we main we mainly do uh, orders. Like basically, I'll, I'll post hey, I'm, I'll have this available brisket available this weekend or, or ribs or whatnot, and people will message me. Okay, hey, I'll take three pounds or I'll get a plate of ribs or you know, a two meat plate or this and that. Yep. So right now we got it. I like it like that because we don't really waste any, like we cook to order. So nothing is really wasted. Um, now we do, we also do festivals. We did one last October um, here in the, one of our neighborhoods, like right behind us had a festival. And um, that one we did really good at. Um of course, there was a sign-up fee, you know, for vendors to come in and sign up. But, of course. I mean, we made that, and we did great. So, right now, we're mostly our community. But we built up enough following where, I mean, for, the, like, uh, 
It was believe for New Year. Oh man, the holidays last year were really busy for us. Uh, Thanksgiving, Christmas. I mean, I had people contacting me. Um, hey, I want a turkey. I want this. I want that. I said, All right, yeah, you know, let's do it. So, we built up enough following locally um, to where I could kind of push out orders every weekend. But I, uh, the next step, uh, we're looking to take the next step here pretty soon, whether that be uh, a, a trailer or maybe a permanent pop-up spot. I'm noticing a lot of guys here and, and elsewhere, they're starting to get in like what I did you know, a couple years back with bars and stuff. Yeah. And where that would be like their home base, you know? Yeah, I think that's, that is that is definitely a very big thing right now. I think it's awesome. And especially a lot of the breweries that don't serve food. Um, yeah, but I'm, I'm always, I guess it's a matter of going in there and, and talking with them. Um, but yeah, I'm a, well, one thing I'm, I'm not, I guess, uh, real computer savvy and all that. I don't know all the ins and outs of all the licensing and all that. That's where I always kind of get stumped on is, you know, all the, I guess, the legal part of everything. Um, I just want to cook good barbecue and, and sell to people, you know. <laughs> I get you, dude. I get it. I think that's but, awesome. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, there's all these other things you got to go through. But yeah, yeah um, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, yeah, we're we're right now we're we're coasting pretty good. Um, we're relying on you know the people around us and our community and little pop ups when we can do them. There's a there's actually I was a buddy sent me something or was telling me about a there's an IBCA sanctioned cook off going to be here uh, close to my my house actually too next month. I've never done competition. Um, that's something, and I hear different things. I heard it's a whole different animal. It is um, a little bit. Yes, it is. Yeah, and so I've never done one, but uh, like I said, I'm always want to learn other things and expand. So I'm really thinking about uh, signing up for that and you know just seeing what happens. Hey man, it could it could be you could get bit by that competition bug. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah, that yeah. happens to people quite often when they get a call yeah. their first time and then it's over. It's over. Yeah. They're always chasing the dragon. Chasing the dragon. (laughs) Yeah. Dude, man. Yeah, so we'll see. What was that? I said, that's that's next month. So, like I said, I haven't officially signed up yet, um, but it's definitely on the back of your head. It's in the back. It's creeping in. Exactly, yeah. Man, I want to say thank you so much for coming on the podcast, hanging out with us. And chat and barbecue. If you can do me a favor, tell everyone where they can follow your journey online before we kind of wrap up. Uh, yes, sir. Uh, my name is Marcus Rodriguez. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at barbarian underscore barbecue. Uh, we're also on Facebook as well. Same tag at barbarian underscore barbecue. And uh, on there, you can send me messages as if you want an order or if you're in town. We're we're in the North Houston area, and if you're in that area, in Spring area, North Houston, well, we can actually deliver to you also. So oh, uh, awesome. just let us know. Yeah, so, just let us know. So I got. So here, here's how I like to wrap up the podcast because I think it's a fun question. Um, if you could go back, if you could talk to yourself from right now to when you first started cooking, what are three tips you would give yourself to shorten your learning curve? Three tips. I would say have patience quicker because I was definitely impatient at the beginning. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, that 
Um, probably uh, to pay pay more attention to cuts of meat. Uh, try to buy, you know, because when you're picking out a brisket, obviously you can kind of, before I would just kind of pick whatever. Now I kind of try to pay a little more attention because some are better than others, you know. Absolutely. Um, so be a little more patient and uh, supplies. Uh, make sure I'm stocked up. Too many times I've been run low and just because I'm hesitant to buy in bulk. But uh, I know I'm going to be doing this for a while, so I need to. So get you. basically have stock of what I need. Be patient. And, uh, yeah. I get you, man. Well, dude, I want to say thank you. Once again, I want to say thank you so much for coming on the podcast, hanging out with us, chatting, chatting barbecue. I, I had a great time. I hope you did too. Yeah, I did, man. I really enjoyed it. I love talking barbecue. I appreciate it. Sounds good, man. Thank you. Thanks.